Welcome to Pretty Good Business. Our guest today is Laura Siegen, founder of natural beauty company The Hair Fuel. In this episode, we talk about the power of a good hair day and why done is always better than perfect. Today, we're here with Laura Siegen from The Hair Fuel. So, Laura, would you mind telling us more about your company? Sure. So, um, The Hair Fuel is a product for your hair to help you grow the best hair you can. It's an all-natural hair growth mask that you apply on your scalp and it's all on subscription because what we create for our customers is an entire hair transformation experience. So you get the monthly box in your um, at home at the convenience of your own home Um, and also in support for that with that you get weekly guidance on how to turn different tools and techniques available to you, how to transform your hair in addition to the product itself and you also have access to a digital dashboard on a monthly basis in alignment to where you are at in your hair growing or regrowing journey amazing so how did you get the idea for because it's quite a I guess it's a beauty brand but it's very specific so how did you get the idea and what pushed you to start the business well the idea was actually coming from my own struggle with hair growth and hair loss back when I was 17 and I'm now 31 um, when I was 17 I had an experience of a very bad perm and uh, after that, my hair just wouldn't grow and, you know, it was very brittle and I would, I just kept losing hair, but it wouldn't grow. Um, and I tried many things uh, and many things that didn't make sense because it told me to apply the product on the lens of my hair and me being the, the nerd as I am, it just didn't make sense. So I started researching more into, okay, what would work with this, with the scalp where the hair, with the, with the follicles, where the hair is growing from. And uh, also coupled that coupled with my own with my upbringing, uh, I, I have a Slavic uh, Russian grandma and uh, the kind of the beauty in nature and DIY beauty was so always something was a theme in my in my life in my growing up. It was like, an, you know, if you have a, a cough or a cold, there would always be some sort of natural remedy, not like you wouldn't take medication. <laughs> that would be like the last resort. And normally you wouldn't even need it because natural, you know, nature has everything we need. Um, so that coupled with, uh, with my own research around hair follicles, I kind of like developed a, a formulation that I've perfected over the years and been applied on my, on my scalp for, for more than a decade now. So that coupled with, with my own research into how hair growth works, I kind of, I developed the formula. I've been perfecting it over the past, you know, 10, 12 years. Um, and I realized uh, right around when I was starting it up as a business that um, I never really been scared to go to hairdressers again because that fear that we have, you know, someone's going to ruin our hair, uh, it just wasn't there because I always had access to, the, to my own mask. And well, if it goes badly, I can always grow my hair out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the little little history of how, how it came about. I think that's very interesting because we it's crazy what we actually do to our hair. If you think about, we would never put chemical mask on our arms for 30, 40 minutes. And yet when we color our hair at the hairdresser, maybe now a bit less, but even until like five years ago, it's like incredibly powerful chemicals that we're putting on our scalp. Nobody seems to be too worried about it. And I never thought about it before, but it's crazy how we treat um, scalp and our hair differently from the rest of our skin. 
you're raising a very, very interesting point. Because actually, we literally just published an article about hair dyes. And you're and, and if you're to think about what perm does to your hair as well, because that's well, that's how the product kind of started, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you wouldn't you wouldn't do this to your skin. And the difference is because I mean you also wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't iron your skin either, right? Like yeah. it sounds insane. Like of course I wouldn't put like a hot, you know, put hand on hot stove. <laughs> but we do this to our hair, and that that's the craziest things like the realization of that the only difference is because our you know our skin has nerve endings our hair doesn't so it feels mm-hmm. like whatever we do it's fine it's just hair so it's you know it's not just hair mm-hmm. that is definitely not true it is and you know it's my hair that i don't feel the pain therefore it's okay mm-hmm. but actually like the the damage that we do by using you know some certain hair dyes blow dries uh, you know some certain uh, treatments like perms like um curling iris and straighteners it's if you would do this to your own skin that you would you wouldn't <laughs> yeah you wouldn't why do we do this to our hair <laughs> you wouldn't burn your skin in, on purpose you'd be mad no, no exactly <laughs> it's very interesting because I, I actually never thought about it before when i was research researching your company I and mean, they was like oh i never actually thought about the difference between how we treat our scalp and how we treat our hands, for example. And yeah, it's very interesting. So were you in the beauty industry before or was this just really a change that you made because you wanted to start the business? I was not in the beauty industry, not at all. I was, I was probably as far away as possible from beauty industry. I had a, a, a corporate background. And then actually when I was starting up the company, I had a bit of a change of careers. It was in graphic design, graphic and web design. But yes, nothing not, not relating to beauty whatsoever. Um, having said that, there was always a curiosity and understanding, oh, you know, what kind of ingredients do I put on my skin? why you know what makes a certain brand to claim what they're claiming is there truth to that and um being increasingly as the years progress increasingly more aligned in the more natural and sustainable products that i put on my skin you know i don't want to put any 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 nasty strange chemicals on on myself but yes not nothing related to beauty so it must have been quite the journey to build a beauty business so how was the process of building your business and yeah where did you even start from because I guess you were already making the product for yourself but I, I imagine you you would have had to change it a bit where did you start from um, where did I start from? Uh, I actually started it off as a side. Like I said, I was going through change of careers and I was like, just trying out a few things. And I was like, oh, that's going, you know, this is a formulation. It's easy. It's just a proportion. I can do it at my home. You know, I can do it at home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, because of my corporate background, I still looked at the regulations and cosmetic, well, cosmetic regulations and how it works. It wasn't as straightforward as I thought. Mm-hmm. No, you couldn't manufacture it in your yeah. kitchen because of the whole safety and stability regulation and requirements. Um, but it started off as that kind of the curiosity I had. I was like, well, you know, I can I can have it on the side. I can work on it on the side as I'm kind of um, developing myself more into the kind of graphic design and creative 
um, side of things, which actually later on came very handy. Being a, being a designer mm-hmm. and having like an eye for what looks good was incredibly, incredibly yeah. um, helpful when you when you build your own brand and you save a lot on the graphic design fees as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's uh, that's kind of how it started. It started off as a side um, as a side exploration, and the more time I um, the more time I spent exploring the space, the more fascinated I grew um, about just different things, how to build a business, like not even specifically beauty, but how to build a business, how to make it work, you know, things like SEO and then traffic and, and building a website and how to how to bring value through that. Um, that kind of developed as I was working more and more. And it, it just, my, my curiosity, my curiosity was steered in, into that direction. Another thing that has happened is I realized that I've created something unique. I think a lot of the businesses, these certain types of businesses start these days with this idea that they want to create something that hasn't, exist, hasn't existed before. Um, and I think it's, it's excellent, but that wasn't my motivation. My motivation wasn't to create something unique. It's just something that I discovered along the way. It's like, oh, it is unique. Actually, there is no such other product that addresses the issues really at the quite literally root cause. And that's only something that I started realizing as the business was already in progress of being of being of being built. When you had to change the formulation and everything, did you ask some of your, you know, close friends to try it? How did you actually realize that what you had was a valuable product that you could actually put on the market? Um so actually that's kind of uh, how the this whole idea of offering it to to customer future customers came about is because my friends would comment on how quickly my hair grows, um, or I would go to the hairdresser and then I was like, oh, I don't like this haircut, and then I, uh, I see a friend of mine a few weeks later and she was like, well, your hair is grew, that's crazy, like why, you know, how come? And I was like, well, you know, well, this is this is the mask that I do, this is this is what you do, and a few people have tried it and they're like, oh yeah, it, it does work, but you know, I'm just I'm just very lazy to do this. And I was like, okay. And then one thought, I think at some point, there were just like two unrelated ideas connected to one another. And I was like, hold on a second. You know, I can, uh, I can, I can potentially offer it to other people. They can, you know, they they can have access to it. They can, they can use it. Hopefully that can change their life. Um, yeah. So I guess that, that answers it. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of, so it was kind of organic. So, cause yeah, cause hair, it, it sounds really frivolous, but actually hair, especially for women, even though even for men, really, I would say, is quite important when it comes to confidence. And, you know, I know that when I do my hair, I just feel instantly better. You kind of feel like you're more put together. So there's actually research to back this up. So what you're feeling, yeah, when you when you what you're feeling when you have a good hair day, there is actually, it does impact your cognitive abilities. Oh. So that there has been a research done in that space. So what you're feeling is not imaginary. It was in 2001. There's a paper in it in 2011 by Yale University. They looked into that. Now, very interesting. So like the whole idea of having a bad hair day is not, it's not something in your it's head. true. Yep, absolutely. People perform better in tests when they think that they have better hair. <laughs> Ah, that's so interesting. So how many prototypes did you have to make before you got the 
product that you wanted and you have now on the shelves, basically? It depends if you, <laughs> it's a good question, but it depends if you count the, all, the, all the trials and little tweaks that I made over the years in my kitchen. But officially, <laughs> many, I lost count. Um, but officially, when I came into the lab uh, to have the formulation tested and certified, um, the formulation was about 90, 95% there. So I knew exactly what I wanted and how I wanted it to be. The biggest change was to um, to make it vegan. So the the formula that I brought to the lab wasn't vegan. So that was the biggest shift. But really, technically speaking, it was just one more prototype before what we have right now. Um, and yeah, the second one is the one that people are using. So was it difficult to make it vegan? Because apparently, I mean, I don't know anything about it, but apparently, uh, making something natural and vegan is particularly um, difficult because, of course, you can't use bees beeswax you can't use all this stuff so was it was it complicated or was it kind of straightforward really uh, I wouldn't call it complicated no I mean I knew exactly what the non-vegan part is supposed to do mm -hmm. all I needed to do is that have the similar vegan ingredient that does something similar mm -hmm. So all I had to do is just think a bit more, research a bit more, apply some logic, apply my, the knowledge I already had and, and incorporate it into the formula. So no, it, it wasn't it wasn't that difficult. I can't I can't can't say really that. Okay, so and and was it was it complicated to find the lab or again you kind of like just found, just found one that suited you quite fairly quickly? Because sometimes I had people saying that they spent like one or two years just trying to find the people that they wanted to collaborate with. How did that process went for you? I mean, I had to do a lot of Google searching, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and for me, it was also the cost was consideration too, because I, I wanted to be, to, to be able to afford it. Of course. Um, yeah, so just, uh, you know, I was limited. I guess I was limited by the language. Um, so mm -hmm. I needed, it, 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 they, the lab had to be able to speak English. Um, and I wanted, well, I wanted also to be in the UK. Mm -hmm just because I, I kind of was familiar with the regulations and how business is conducted. Like that's that's one thing that people probably don't mention is like, you know how the business is conducted. You know, those cultural things and interactions. It's easier to work with someone from that context. I wouldn't say that finding the lab was particularly difficult. Just needed a, a lot of emailing back and forth, understanding calls and yeah. And not, might come across strangely, but not taking no as the final answer mm. and not in the sense of turning it into a yes, but asking why. Mm. Because oftentimes, um, I think that, that if I remember correctly, um, when it came to our manufacturer, I've had a lot of no's. And instead of taking, just because of the nature of the product, it's very, it, it, there are some barriers in terms of how you produce a certain way that it needs to be produced and packed to ensure the, the quality and ensure the efficacy. But when someone told me no, or we can't help you, I would often, always, follow up as to why. Mm. And why, not as well, why can't you do this? But rather, explain what, what is the culprit so the next time, so I'll know exactly what to look out for. Um, you know, if someone has said, like, you know, we don't work with the specific, you know, with the, like, natural ingredients. Mm. So I was like, okay, fair enough. So I need to... I need to amend my Google search into the, the lab that does natural cosmetics. So like this kind of slow mechanism of tweaking and adjusting towards the towards finding that was a perfect fit. I mean, I, I, I still have a relationship with the lab and we do have a, 
we do harbor plans uh, for developing more products around the same logic, around the, the scalp treatments and, and hair treatments and um, other things. And yeah, I, I still feel delighted whenever we're in touch with the, with the lab that I found mm. back then. So basically, feedback is key. Absolutely. If someone says no, just mm. ask why. You know, all you, the worst case, they're, they're not going to give you an answer. The best case, they might refer you to someone who can help you, which is amazing, which is oh. exactly what happened, actually, in our manufacturing selection, not in the lab choice. But I asked, I was like, well, why not? And like, well, you know, we can't, we can't help you. The, the order quantity is too, too low. That's a big mm. thing, by the way, the order, minimum order quantity. But why don't you try this platform? Um, and, then, <laughs> and then I, I checked out the platform that they mentioned, and that's ultimately how I found our current oh. manufacturer. So it was like, you know, if I didn't ask, I don't know if I would have the product or who knows where it would be. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it would have taken a lot longer. Exactly. So what did you learn during the process of building a business as sustainable as well? Correct. The only thing that um, we're currently not, that is currently not sustainable is the sachets, um, which product is, um, is, is actually packaged. Everything else in our package is either reusable or recyclable. Um, so, uh, the challenge there is, of course, you need to make sure that the product stays fresh. Um, but we do participate in a, uh, recycling thing where the sachets can be recycled in 3d printing materials. So if you, if you really think about it, yes, they are recycled. It's just like a longer chain mm -hmm. of production in there. Um, but in terms of what I've, uh, what I've learned, um, I would, I, I would really struggle to answer this question because I learn something new every single day. Um, I've learned how, you know, things around marketing, because basically every, every, every job in the company, I, I did it. I did it myself before finding the right person to do this before, you know, kind of expanding. Yeah. Um, so, you know, things like social media, things around um, Google algorithms, um, things around like even the like the entire the, the medical science, you know, when we're making, when we're creating content for, for our blog, uh, for our social media as well, we're doing a series on hair health education and hair science right now. Um, but uh, that is that is all rooted in, uh, in in research. So I have to read a lot of scientific papers and understand exactly how our body works and reacts and making sure it's fully referenced. So on a daily basis, I I learned at least three things <laughs> that I didn't know. <laughs> that's, that's good. At least you never bored. Oh, never bored. There's uh, <laughs> there's one thing at work. I am. I feel. I never feel bored. <laughs> <laughs> so this this year of course it was it was quite a complicated year for for everybody how did you think that the pandemic affected your company if it did and how do you see the future after this crazy year we had basically uh well surprisingly um surprisingly or unsurprisingly our business has actually grown um during the pandemic precisely because of people being at home and the convenience that we offer to our customers that we get delivered to the to your front door um is what helped us grow so actually as pandemic hit it was it was strange times the first two weeks so mm -hmm. i didn't i genuinely did not know that it was last two weeks of march i did not know if i mm -hmm. will have my company at the end of it all um well at the at, at the end of it but i knew that if i do that would be one hell of a company. 
So that was quite, that's the feeling that I've had. And um, that's what pandemic has shown us that, yeah, the company has grown. People have never paid that much attention to hair. You know, when the hairdressers were close and everyone just like, oh my God, what do I do? How do I take care of my hair? Jesus. But also another thing that became very, uh, that is still becoming and growing even more prominent, which delights me every day, is that it helps people redefine and look will look and redefine relationship they have with themselves so what happened in in pandemic is that we're we're, we're all in our houses um uh, majority of us and we're faced with certain things that we've been avoiding facing you know within ourselves they're the, kind of the emotional part of ourselves um but what the product does is that once a week that you have you know mm -hmm. 40 to 50 minutes um, that you spend with yourself and you extend that that hand of self-care and self-love at least once a week at least once a week you have that little slot that belongs to you and some people you know they may go around and do some chores but that moment when you decide to reach for the mask and say okay i'm i'm really worth the time and i'm really worth the effort mm -hmm. um that has really be, is becoming very prominent a lot of our customers are looking forward to the ritual that they establish. And I really, I'm, I'm a little bit in love with the word ritual, to be honest, because it is, it, it, it is a, I mean, it is a ritual for me. I do my The Hair Fuel Mask every week very diligently. I, I'm own customer and it is a ritual. It's like, ah, it's a nice self-care and it also makes my hair look great. <laughs> I can't imagine everybody being like in March with a pixie cut and they're going to get out of the pandemic with like luscious long hair. Like. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And some people, you know, at the beginning of pandemic, they might, um, they might have, they might have cut their hair completely, like you said, pixie cut. And then at the end, and then mm. they might have had some regrets. And then that's how they come, came across us. Yeah. And then at the end of it, they're going to come out with better hair. And actually, that's another thing because people are, well, we're, we don't need to be looking as, you know, we, looking as good or like well kept because we're at home um so mm -hmm. less people are using blow dryers less people are using hair straighteners or curling irons uh, and know that i i hate those things i have a curling iron you know i use it maybe once in two months but i uh, it's just like less less people are doing bad things to their hair hair dyes that's another yeah. thing you know there was a whole joke of like now we're gonna see how everyone's natural hair color is yes and it's great <laughs> it's like your hair is finally getting a break it really needed all these years um so yeah, yeah <laughs> i guess that's the effect of the pandemic <laughs> on uh, on our business what are you what is i guess you have one product so what's the project or the part of your business that uh, or you know an achievement that you're most proud of i guess the we did it well we did a comeback key worker giveaway campaign like back in may and it was really uh, a great campaign there's but there's one thing that happened very recently it was about two months and a half ago um what happened is we actually sold out um we didn't we didn't really anticipate as much demand um and also there will be some uh covid related de delays in in the raw materials as well what was really what i was what astonished me and made me proud is how much trust people were willing to put into the fact that we will deliver because what we did um we paused all our because it's subscription-based service so we paused the active sub subscriptions but also to help us fund the next, you know, the, the, the raw materials, the next step in our, in our logistics, we launched effectively a crowdfunding campaign 
outside the crowdfunding platform because we told our customers and prospective customers, it was all over our social media channels, it was on our website, is that this is what happened. I kept the process extremely transparent. I did a bunch of Instagram lives. They did it, um, you know, stories, uh, newsletters to explain exactly what happened. And although we were very excited at the fact that the product has sold out, um, you know, we didn't really have a product to sell at that time. And I explained this to our customers, um, existing and new ones, and people have put faith um, in, 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 into our brand. They really trusted us. You know, it's not a cheap product. And people were willing to trust that, that we will deliver and we need their help to help us deliver the product that they mm. love. And that the product that they put faith in that will help transform the hair. So that was such a moving, it was very hard, um, very challenging experience um, for me personally and for the company. At the same time, I'm, I was aware that it's a positive thing. But seeing the feedback we got from our community and our customers and how much faith they were able to put into us, that was astonishing. Like that, the, I, I feel proud. I think it was a general pride moment for the company and the strength of the brand that we're building. That was that was incredible. How so you, you only have this product for, at the moment, but are you planning on expanding your range? Are you planning on other products for the future? Yes, oh. of course. <laughs> um, there's definitely more to come. Uh, in terms of when, uh, it's a bit harder to tell because they're, um, we're really putting strong emphasis on the education mm -hmm. and educating people around how they can transform their hair. So even if, you know, for some reason they can't use the product, uh, or maybe, you know, they they don't have 45 minutes a week to do this. I don't know whatever the reason is, is we want to empower people with the knowledge that we share around how to transform mm -hmm. your hair. Because ultimately, hair is a litmus test of your overall health. So if you're not, you know, if you have some um, unsustainable habits in your life um, that may damage your health, your hair will show, your hair will show it, it, everyone will see it. And this kind of that change in mindset is what we're alluding to with the, with the, with the future products mm. as well in the gold pipeline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, I think it's, it's a very good point because people don't realize how much our skin and our hair and our nails really show how we're feeling inside when you're stressed, when you're not getting enough vitamins or, you know, you you have a bad life hygiene, you can really, really notice exactly. the difference. You just look, look at your face, look at your nails, look at your hair, and you will know if you're fine or not, basically. And it's quite yeah. incredible how I know exactly when I get a spot in a specific place on my face, I know that that's a stress spot. Mm. Yeah, I, people are worried about the, the 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 look of it and the aesthetic, but they don't realize that there is a reason why mm. you have a spot there or on another, you know, place in your face or why your nails are breaking. I love that, Alicia. I really like the the the, the bit that you said about specific spot and certain areas of our body. Uh, correlating to the inner organs and the state of our inner organs. I think it's, I think it's excellent. The fact that you're that attuned to your own body and that you know your body that well and that you look at it that way, it means that whatever you're not going to, that's another thing, you're not going to be aligned with quick fixes. Mm -hmm. That is exactly the, because with the hair, it's like there's a whole quick fix market. Yeah. You know, even when you're taking something for like a supplement, it's like, oh, results are in, you know, in a month, you're going to see the changes. Like, yes, you will see some changes, 
but it's the whole lifestyle that you need to look at. You need to look that the changes that you're making are not just, you know, you're not putting a bandage on a broken leg, that you are treating the root cause. Yeah, I mean, it's it takes long to understand how your body works, but I think... Exactly. Yeah, look at it in a more... Am I, is, is my body trying to tell me something basically? Because you really see the difference. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, my hair is a bit like that. Well, what did you change? You know, did you, are you being, eating a lot more, I don't know, dairy or whatever? So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's the part about whether you said that you're doing a lot of education, I think is so important that now, you know, smaller brands and like that are not cor- corporation that just want to make money basically really tell people things how they are like, look at what you're actually putting inside you first and you know there are always things that you can use to improve it but it's a whole as an overall situation that you have to look at you know yes isn't it for, for example the um just a quick note on the yes putting things in your body like supplements but before you do that you need to understand what are you deficient on mm-hmm because we're all deficient in different things. So first, is the, doing a blood check, doing a hormonal check, that can be, if you're, if you're concerned about the state of your hair, skin, and nails, do a blood check and see what is it exactly your body needs. I think it's, yeah, it's so important for women especially to understand how your hormones level balance is. So you, you, you can really actually learn a lot about yourself just to look at it. I know it's not very exciting, but... Oh, it's very exciting for me. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's for you. Because <laughs> you're a nerd, you said. <laughs> Numbers. Yes, and it's also very, it's very empowering to know, to know these things. And men too. Yes. I would say that men just don't spend enough time and attention to really understand. It's not something that is inherently taught in, you know, how to get attuned to our body and how to be in touch with their emotions and feelings. Men don't have that luxury. Like, it, I would say mm-hmm. it's luxury to just being able to be, to say, oh, I feel a certain way. I think I'm just going to go lie down and cry for a bit and then I'm going to feel better. Yeah. It's not something that is natural natural to to male population yeah i do hope that this pandemic and because we had more time for ourselves i mean we were kind of forced to have more time to ourselves it really teaches us more how to like really listen to our bodies and just you know you feel you feel tired go lie down and don't force yourself to do something that you don't want to do hopefully something positive will get out of, of this did you notice a difference in, in how you approach life and work now that you have your own business? And do you feel that you're much happier to go to work every day because you're doing your own thing and you believe in it? Absolutely. It's, um, it comes at a cost. So people listening to this and who are thinking about starting their business, it definitely has a cost in it. So this whole narrative of you should do what you love, you should do what you're passionate about. Yes, you probably can do that. I don't like the word truth very much, but you pro- you can do this. You need to be aware of the costs and sacrifices that you are able to do. And the word sacrifice is coming from the word of making something sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're unwilling to to put certain things in your life on the side to focus on that, I think you might get a bit disheartened. Um, and that's, uh, but then if you do do what you are in love with, it wouldn't matter as much. You wouldn't feel like a massive sacrifice because personally, when I wake up every every morning, every Wednesday, I would say 28 out of 30 days, I, I'm really genuinely in love with what I do. 
Um, and I'm excited about learning new things. Like I said, I learn something new every day. And I'm aware that there's going to be some sort of curveball curve or some sort of challenge along the way. And that's okay. I It's about that what really has changed, uh, the biggest impact, I would say, one of the, at least one of the top three, is the trust I now have in myself and in my abilities to resolve whatever issue comes my way. Mm-hmm. So even if it's a sold out campaign, even if it's pandemic, I know that me as Laura and with that, the company that I'm building, the brand that, I'm, um, that I've created, it's going to be okay. I will find the solution. Mm-hmm. Maybe I may not know it now, but having that inherent trust in myself is an incredibly powerful experience. And I think that is that has caused the biggest shift in my life. That affected everything else in my life. Because you're not you're no longer as anxious about things going wrong because you know even if they do, you will be okay. You will find the way. Mm-hmm. If you had to give one business advice, uh, not really a business advice, but one advice to business owners or you know want to be business owners they want to start their own um, sustainable business is there anything that you wish you knew when you started I knew that one saying that I I love when I started and actually and it's the saying that goes that's very simple it's done is better than perfect Mm -hmm. and I think in uh, I believe in in sustain sustainable in building a sustainable business the challenge is to go down the rabbit hole of perfectionism mm. you know when you're when you're building sustainable business you want to have 100 percent recyclability or biodegradability of whatever materials that you're using and i think it's great as a goal to aspire to it's in it, yes commendable absolutely but you much rather we much rather have a hundred businesses that are doing sustainability imperfectly rather than have one business that does sustainability perfectly what is the quantifiable impact from those hundred businesses that are doing fifty percent of their um, of their businesses sustainable, rather than just one business that does it perfectly? So I would say, don't get married to the idea of making a perfect sustainable product. Start starting perfectly. Let's say twenty five percent of your product is going to be sustainable, but then as you grow and as you move and as you learn the industry, you in whatever the industry, you will understand what are the options available to you to make your business and product sustainable. So done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. Make that first few steps. You will discover um, so many things that you just don't know at the at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But just start. Done is better than perfect. I've asked this question to practically all the guests and it comes this answer actually is quite frequent they always say I was I always try to make I try to make it perfect but I realized that if I was to wait until my business was perfect then I would have never had a business it's it's like in anything anything else even in your in your personal life people when it comes to sustainability or veganism and all this stuff well there is a lot of judgment which is why probably people feel like they have to be perfect but it's so much more powerful if we all of us do Mm. one good thing one sustainable thing two sustainable things and maybe you grow it from there the world doesn't need 20 percent 10 percent of perfect people doing the perfect things the world needs all people to do something 
It's interesting that it's the same. I mean, it's interesting and unsurprising that that's what people uh, that that's a common answer amongst the people that you interview. It's it's a very. I actually have a sticker on my laptop that greets me every day as I open my laptop every day. It says "Done is better than perfect." <laughs> so I get that reminder every single day that "Done is better than perfect." Yeah, I think it's a very important message because, like, I am guilty of it. Yeah, sometimes we always feel like, oh, I can't, I can't put this out because I'm not 100, you know, happy with it, but you know, the more you do, the more you learn how to do things. So, you know, nobody, nobody's perfect yeah. at the beginning. Nobody's perfect, perfect ever. I think it was Seth Godin, uh, the marketing writer, and I, I, re- I, I love with his narrative, and his narrative is very much done as better than perfect. But he also says, and he also says, um, that if you ship a perfect, uh, if you ship a perfect product, you shipped too late. You should have shipped earlier. That's a very good point. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> Thank you so much, Laura, for for this interview. It was so interesting. And why don't you tell us where we can find you? Instagram and all of it. Yes. So, our, so first of all, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, <laughs> in terms of where to find us uh, is thehairfuel.com. So that's our, that's our website. Um, and the Instagram handle is thehairfuel. So it's very, uh, it's, it's the same. Facebook easy. too. Yeah, very easy. Uh, Instagram, like I said, we started sharing our hair, um, the hair science and hair health education. So uh, I hope to educate more people around around that space. Uh, but yes, on our website. Amazing. Thank you so much again. Thanks, Alicia. That was our interview with Laura. Thank you so much for listening and thanks to Laura for talking to me. If you like this episode, please rate us and subscribe. It really helps. You can visit our website and follow us on Instagram at prettyslow.life and prettyslowlife on all other platforms. Thank you and goodbye.